This is Godliness with Contentment, episode 15. Hi, I'm Keen O'Hanna, and I'm here to have a conversation with you about how to win with money from the Bible's perspective. To stay out of any legal trouble, I must say that the contents of this podcast are informational in nature. If you need professional advice, please consult your lawyer, financial advisor, or accountant. Our scripture for the day is found in Proverbs 14 and 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Solomon says that all hard work brings a profit, whereas mere talk leads us to being poor. Now, I want to start off with this warning. Let's not be the dreamer, the talker who only talks. We want to watch out for being a dreamer whose dreams don't become a reality. Right? You can come up with a thousand business ideas, but never put it off. Perhaps you say, hey, I didn't have the capital. But there are actual ways to start a business with little capital. For the thousand ideas, you may have 1,000 excuses. Mere talk leads to poverty. If you want to talk, don't be a talker only. Put in the work to make it happen. When you scan through the pages of the Bible, you find other scriptures. For example, one in Colossians 3, to 24 that talks about working as if you're working for God and not human masters. Paul speaks there to slaves and tells them to work hard whether the slave master is looking or not looking. Their true reward, Paul tells them, lies with God. So from the Bible's perspective, work is honorable. There's no issue with work. But something bothered me this week. I saw men and women I know personally that lost their jobs because the employer, the business was just slow. I'm actually not upset, not upset at the employer. I understand that they are in business to make a profit and that they will make certain decisions towards that end. I'm not saying I agree with the cuts, but that's not my call to make. What I was upset about, however, was that men and women could be let go without a moment's notice or with only a moment's notice, right? You get a call, you get a letter, boom, that's it. So what I came to is the conclusion that there are times when we put ourselves in positions where we are at the mercy of an employer. And I think a part of this is when we don't plan and we don't have multiple streams of income, right? Other ways to make ends meet. And then when something like this comes upon us, it's a shell shock, right? I mean, a shock because of short notice, but even more of a shock because we don't have something else to, to get money from. 
Of course, we all should have an emergency fund, but I'm not going to talk about that tonight, right? But there is, in fact, something that I believe that some of us will work for an employer for the rest of our lives. There are others of us who will be our own boss and will start a business, and we, in fact, will employ others. The question I pose today is this, which is riskier? Is a nine-to-five job working for the man or woman riskier than you having your business where you employ other men or women? I want to say that right now, I am gainfully employed, (laughs) happily, gratefully employed. In the past, I've employed others, right? For about five years, I worked in a business where I was a part owner and we employed other people. So I've seen both sides. I know that primarily for me, it's about milk. Just to borrow a phrase from Cinderella Man, one of my favorite movies of all time. I have people I take care of and however I get the money, whether I work for myself or I work for someone else, that's fine with me because I have to take care of my family. That is of prime importance to me. And I've also always told myself that it didn't matter. right? It didn't matter if I worked for someone else or if I worked for myself. And I know the things I'm saying now may upset some of you. And I think the thing that can really turn us thinking that the 9 to 5 is safer is the fact that someone else, they do the work, right? They set up the job, they put all the infrastructure in place, and then we just have to, you know, move this box from here to there. We just have to plug this thing in, and we just need to be a cog in the wheel. We don't, we don't create the wheel. We don't create the infrastructure. And we think that that is safer. Well, the events of last week, or like I said earlier this week, have affected me in such a way that I'm leaning one way now more than I ever have before. But I have some questions to ask myself and some questions to ask you. Are you willing to work harder or will you just talk more? Are you willing to fall down, then get right back up again, time and time again? How fast will you pivot when things are not working out? Will you search out people who can help or try to make things work on your own? After having many dreams or ideas that went nowhere, or perhaps you lost your shirt a time or two, will you try again? If you believe that owning your own business is the best move for you, then I want to encourage you to put the groundwork in first. In an article from Forbes magazine in 2019, the author states, bringing an idea to life isn't easy. It requires passion, patience, and most importantly, the ability to execute. The key thing is to get started so you can move from the idea stage 
to creating a profitable business. The author goes on to outline five key steps to turning that idea into reality. And I'm going to share them here. Firstly, one of the things to ask yourself is whether your business idea solves a problem. Does it solve a problem for you or someone else? And while I hit this first one, I must say that there are times when I've thought of business ideas and it solved the problem for me, but it didn't really solve a problem for a whole lot of people, right? And no one is going to do a business just for me, right? Or I should not even do a business just because it's one of my pain points. But what about everybody else, right? Do they have an issue with the thing I have an issue with? And if it's only me, then it's not worth it. Secondly, do market research. This is what we don't want to do, but we need to. Your product or service will not get off the ground if there isn't a viable market for it. So ask yourself, is your product or service any better than the ones out there now? Is it something new? Or is it just like everything else that's out there? Thirdly, define your target audience. You cannot sell your product to everyone. Identify the audience that is a sweet spot for your offering. Knowing your target customer will also help to determine how to market your offering to them. A younger demographic will probably respond better to social media like Instagram or Facebook than an older demographic. The fourth point, validate your idea. Here, you can actually save yourself hundreds, thousands, or depending on the size of the project, even millions of dollars. Come up with a sample product or do a pilot program to test the waters before you do a full launch. And the fifth point here, take action. Come up with a minimally viable product without trying to be perfect. As the input comes back from the customer, and as you grow, you can make the service better. Don't go after being perfect, or you may never start. So that's if you want to start your own business, you want to be that entrepreneur. If, on the other hand, you decide that you're going to work for the foreseeable future, for an employer, then here are some things that can help you. Indeed.com's editorial team wrote an article called How to Be a Good Employee. It starts out by saying, to succeed in your career, you should try to be the best employee possible. This way, you can stand out among your colleagues and increase your work opportunities. For instance, good employees tend to get promotions, raises, positive feedback, and other additional work perks. They share 10 tips, but I'm only going to share five today. Adhere to company guidelines. That's number one. Makes sense, right? Follow the rules. Number two, work toward the company's goals. Now, you may think, hey, I'm there to make money for me and my goals. 
Yes, that's true. But when you work towards the company's goals, the company will succeed or at least do better. And therefore, you should also do better. Number three, treat everyone with respect. Everyone on the job, the the lady, the man who sweeps the floor, who wipes the desk down, and, and maybe that's you, right? But you treat everyone with respect, no matter how high you think they are, no matter how low you think they are. And treat yourself with respect. Number four, become an expert at your job. You become the best for floor sweeper. You become the best computer programmer. Whatever your job is, you become an expert at your job. And then number five, be open to change. Today, you may be sweeping the floor. Tomorrow, you may be wiping down the desk. Today, you may be a computer programmer. Tomorrow, you may be the guy who plugs in the cable and does the networking, right? But the choice is yours. You can be an employee or you can be an employer. Either way, what the Bible says still works. What did it say back then? Proverbs 14, 23. Hard work brings a profit. Mere talk leads only to poverty. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope you join me for my next episode along with your friends and family. Please let others know how to find the podcast, how to get the help they need as well. This is Kino Hanna signing off saying, check you later.